The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, the murder trial of Robert Durst, the infamous subject of the HBO docuseries The Jinx, is underway. Will L.A. prosecutors be able to do what others have failed to do in the past and convict him of murder? Plus, we'll preview another big trial we're covering on Court TV, Florida versus Andre Warner, the dating app murder trial. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinny Politan and Seema Iyer. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. I am Vinny Politan, actually in the same room with Seema <laughs> Iyer, who is back here at Court TV after a little sabbatical in New York City. Welcome back, Seema. Thank you so much. It's so much better to be across from you, looking at your lovely face doing our podcast, than being so far away. So it's so good to be home. Yeah, it's good to get together, and there's so much happening. I mean, it doesn't stop. You know, it's almost like we're hamsters on the wheel, yes. on the wheels of justice, because once one big trial ends, the next huge one begins. And that's where we are today. Well, you know, I went from New York straight to L.A. So I was supposed to go from New York back to Court TV headquarters. But no, I had to go to L.A. Why? For Robert Durst, because he is on trial again, despite the fact that he is 115 years old. He is facing yet another murder trial. This time it's in California. And you remember this case, Susan Berman. Right. But but let's 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 back up a step. Robert Durst. Who is this guy? Oh god. Why should people care about him? I mean, he's 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 got hundreds of millions of dollars, right? He's a real estate heir. A real estate heir from New York, New York. And in a way, he is an older version of President Trump, you know, coming from that real estate background, that New York lifestyle, very well known in the New York scene. Back in the 70s, 80s, he would go to the club, Studio 54. So he was really one of those local would celebrity types. Would he hang out types. with Andy Warhol, you think? I think so. Probably. I, I, I do think so. So that's how he really became well-known in New York City. And then, of course, he became infamous when his wife disappeared in 1982. 1982. Okay. Wife is just up and gone. Yeah. Yeah, so his wife, well, no, prosecutors think she wasn't just up and gone. Prosecutors think that he killed her. But he's never been charged with that. He's never been charged with that. He has repeatedly been investigated for that 1982 disappearance of his wife, Kathy, but never been charged for it. Then fast forward, at some point he moves to Galveston, Texas, in some random place. I mean, love Texas, big fan, but Galveston is not your Dallas or Houston or cosmopolitan. No, no. It, and, and this is right around the time where they start reinvestigating the disappearance of his wife. He sort of disappears in Galveston, Texas. A guy's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's living in an apartment that's like $300 a month. $300 a month, and he's uh, dressing like a woman. Right. Who he happened to go to high school with or something. Do Dorothy Siner is her name. And he would dress up like Dorothy Siner. And he, and Dorothy was a woman that he went to Scarsdale High School with. There you go. But wasn't he also pretending to be mute? Yeah. Well, you know why? I mean, he had a really good explanation. Listen, 
Robert Durst is nothing if not clever. His explanation was he has a very masculine voice. And how was he supposed to hide that masculine voice? Obviously, by being a deaf mute. I mean, it makes total sense. Does it not? It makes total of. sense to me. Total sort sense. Okay, so he's he's that, and he befriends this guy, Morris Black, and they become buddies. And the story goes that he confided to Morris Black and told him about whatever may have happened with his wife. But he was very honest with Morris Black. Uh, and then Morris Black got killed. Robert Durst goes on trial for that. Not just killed. Shot in the head. Dismembered. Okay, but that was after. You have to kill someone before you dismember right. them. Killed okay, and well, dismembered. I, I'm just going by the timeline, Vinny. So. And his and and his remains are all over the place. Oh. Uh, and and he then is charged with the murder of his neighbor, Morris Black. This is a case that Court TV covered back in the day. Were you then at, at Court TV then? Yes, I was. Oh, you were. Okay, I can't. I never remember your timeline. When yeah, you, when did I, you start? I was there, but I did not cover that particular case. Okay, so. Yes. So he was on trial for the murder of his friend and neighbor, Morris Black. And you think prosecutors have a great case. You've got a guy hiding, pretending to be a mute woman and kills his neighbor and dismembers his neighbor. So they think they've got a strong murder trial, a murder case. Here. You would think just on its face it was strong. But uh, he took the stand and he said, listen, I didn't kill him. It was self-defense. I didn't murder him. Yeah, I, I didn't murder him. Sorry, sorry. I didn't murder him. Right, right. Right. So he said, and this is convoluted, and maybe you know more about it, but he said it was an accident, and then I was defending myself. Right. They kind of put the two together. It was accidental self-defense. Like, that's a thing. But then he purposely dismembered him. Well, again, reasonable explanation, yeah. because nobody would believe him. He thought that it was self-defense or accident, so he thought the only way to handle this would be to dismember right. Mars Black. And then the jury comes back and basically oh. says, all right, you're, you're guilty of the dismembering of, of the body, right? But you're not guilty of murder because prosecutors couldn't prove the case because they didn't even uh, they couldn't even uh, demonstrate uh, where the head because of the victim the was. Yeah. Right. Well, they didn't. Why didn't they have the head? They didn't have the head because the defendant cut it off and got rid of it. And yet but they found the rest of the body. Yet he gets the benefit of that. Maybe they should have done a better investigation and look for the head. Or, or, or maybe just a dose of common sense. The jurors. OK, when you watch some of the jurors who are in the Jinx docuseries, they really believed him. I know he convinced them. They, yeah, they were. They really believed him and to and do to this day. Now, one thing happened in between the Morris Black trial and the Kathy Durst disappearance, and that is Durst's another best friend and one-time spokesperson. Wouldn't she be more of a confidant? Confidant. That's confidant. A great word. <laughs> I don't think I have a confidant. Do you have a confidant? Yeah, my mother. That's confidant. your confidant? Yeah, she's totally my confidant. But, but, I mean, isn't your but, wife your confidant? But I think wife trumps confidant. Like, I think it's someone uh, separate from someone who's that close to you. Exactly. Confidant. And that's my point. My mother is not just a mom. She's my confidant. 
Well, I, I think mom Can't is. Can she be? I, I guess she can be both, but mother seems to trump confidence. No, but you know so many mothers and daughters, they don't tell each other everything. Okay, all right. You know, all I right. tell her everything. So she's a hybrid. She is a hybrid. So, okay, so Susan Berman, the confidant, she is found dead Christmas Eve 2000. Right. And again, this is tied into this reemergence of an investigation into Kathy Durst's murder. Right. This is this is unreal. They, they, they start talking about the investigation and suddenly Susan Berman is dead. And then uh, a short time later, then Morris Black is dead. Yeah, yeah. And all these people close or seemingly close to Robert Durst die. Yet he hasn't been convicted of anything. But now, and this is what makes the trial happening now so intriguing, so exciting, and that is this is going to be three murder trials in one. The prosecutor in Los Angeles intends to prove that Robert Durst kill, murdered his wife, excuse me, murdered his wife, Kathy Durst, in 1982, murdered Morris Black, despite the fact that he was acquitted for it, and then finally murdered Susan Berman. So let's take a break, and after the break, we're going to talk about how the prosecutor intends to show this. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front-row seat to justice. So Robert Durst on trial in California for the death of Susan Berman from the year 2000. However, the prosecutor intends to prove that Robert Durst also murdered his wife, Kathy, and murdered his friend, Morris Black, in Galveston, Texas, who he was acquitted of murdering. Here's what I don't understand about that. Love it. I, I, I love it. I love think, it. I think it's going to be fantastic, and it gives the jury a full picture of who this guy is and what he's done and why he has done it uh, from their perspective. However, if they've got the evidence that he murdered his wife, why don't they give it to the folks in New York and charge her? Charge okay. him in New York now, for that murder. And, and if they have this great evidence of the murder in Texas— I mean, he's already been found not guilty of that. So that's 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 a strange play. I've it's never like a double jeopardy thing. I've never seen someone found not guilty of something and then that used by prosecutors against him. Well, no, great, great, great questions. And that's why this case has taken so long to go to trial, because uh, originally the investigators in Los Angeles started investigating this, I think in like 2012, or reinvestigating the Susan Berman death, 2012, and then 2013. So it has been a while, and a lot of it's the motion practice. Okay, so here's the deal. He is not being charged with the murder of Kathy Durst. I don't know why New York isn't doing anything, because in my opinion, they could share evidence. And of course, I agree with you, they could charge him in New York. But the way this has to be proved, it's called a special circumstance killing, the prosecutors in Los Angeles just have to show that he, in fact, murdered uh, Kathy Durst by a preponderance of the evidence. So the uh, standard is different. Okay. 
preponderance. Oh. Preponderance. That's just like just a little bit That's more. That's like 51%, right? Yeah. Okay. A little bit more. Right. So a little bit more. But, Not but, beyond but, a reasonable but, doubt. But, but you, no, but you, you said fascinating. It is fascinating. This is, whole thing is fascinating because to prove Susan Berman was murdered, they have to show that Robert Durst also murdered his wife, Kathy, and they intend to show that Susan Berman was there and witnessed it. And that is wow. the bombshell. That is wow. the bombshell. Because I How have can no they do idea. that? How can they do that? It was just 1982. 19, witnesses. Who are they bringing witnesses. in? Witnesses. They're bringing everybody and their mothers. Who? Like millions of people. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, there's, there's just a lot of people. But this a part lot of fascinates people. Oh, me. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Because we're trying to from 1982 sorry. is not sorry. easy. Okay, so let me tell you. The people they are bringing in are witnesses that Susan Berman told Robert Durst killed Kathy. Okay, and that comes in? That comes in. You know why it comes in? I love this. This is amazing. It's called forfeiture by wrongdoing. You know what that means? It means you forfeit your right to object to hearsay because of your wrongdoing. What's the wrongdoing? Uh, you kill people. Okay. I should teach law. Okay. I am so this, good at this. I should teach law because it's so good. This is out there. This it's is so way out, out. there. It's, like, it's Wild Wild West, it's baby. Isn't it basically double hearsay? Yeah, but that's the like, point. Like it he's is, telling Susan oh, that he murdered someone, and then she's telling someone that he murdered someone, and that's no, coming in? No, Here's the thing. Susan was there. She witnessed it. That's what prosecutors say. She witnessed it. She witnessed it. And Did she take part in it? I don't know. I, that is not. But she that had is knowledge not what she, for all they, these she, years. They, yes, the she confidant. Had the confidant had knowledge of the murder, allegedly. Yes, and becomes the motive for her to get murdered. Exactly. Wow. And then Black and Berman, that comes in because the prosecution's theory is there was so much in common in Robert Durst's uh, design and plan of how he committed the murders and then how he tried to cover them up, and that's how everything comes in. And, and will the defense be able to say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, um, he was found not guilty of that murder? I, I think they, yeah, I, I think that's, I, I believe wow. that it's fairness. I feel bad for this jury. This is going to be a lot to try to understand. You're talking about three different murders beginning in 1982, and it's like, I'm looking at my watch, it's 2020. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's amazing. But let me tell you, uh, the chief prosecutor, John Lewin, who right now, in a few minutes, is going to be making his opening statement to this jury, which we expect is going to last two days, he did so much of the investigation on his own. He went to Galveston, Texas. He went to New York several times, but then ultimately found Robert Durst in Louisiana, in the Big Easy, and he spoke to him. So let's take a listen to a little bit of that interview. You also talk about being in a in a in an airport and just sh taking water, uh, a thing of water, and you're like, I wasn't gonna wait in line. I mean, they're asking three dollars for a thing of water. It was the waiting in line? I'm at the airport now, right. and it's twenty feet to the cashier. Right. I'm gonna take the water and leave. Do, do, do you think, Bob? Do you think that if you'd have been raised in a different... So you would agree that that's... So, for instance, all of us... Um, I mean, I shoplifted since I was a little kid. Right. So it was nothing right. new or... But, 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 I mean, the reason that people don't... You know, we're taught, hey, you can't steal or you have to do... 
follow this rule. Yeah, I didn't have to follow the rule. Yeah, and, and you there's the line. You get at the end of the line. I'm thinking I'm not going to get at the end of the line. I've got other things I want to do. Now that's just a little snippet of a conversation between John Lewin, prosecutor, and Robert Durst. What this jury is going to hear, Vinny, is so much more than the jinx revealed. In making the jinx, the filmmakers spoke to Robert Durst for over 20 hours. All of that has been unseen by the public, unheard. And they're they're giving it to prosecutors? Yes. Wow. And let me tell you, so this... That's unusual. It is is highly unusual. The opening statements, the trial, it is going to be filled with never-seen-before clips of Robert Durst. This... This could be devastating because, but here's the thing. I mean, how devastating could the unseen stuff be if they didn't put it in the documentary, right? If I'm making a documentary, I put the best stuff in. No, 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 I'll tell you what. I put the best stuff in, the most incriminating stuff. I'm going to put it in my documentary. Why would I leave it on the ending floor? Because you're a lawyer. Because you're a lawyer. They're filmmakers. Think about it. A, a lawyer is going to be more discriminating in being able to recognize what an admission is. So the filmmakers, they're doing kind of like big money stuff. But a lawyer is going to say, oh, this little innocuous line, maybe it's not very salacious, but this is an admission. Huh. 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 Well, and you're still, but you still have to prove, uh, prove it to a jury who is like a viewer, right? So I, I still don't understand. You make a documentary and you've got incriminating stuff that you don't put in the documentary. And instead, at the end of the documentary, you take his statements, you edit them, you delete stuff, and then you rearrange it to make him sound really guilty. Isn't that what they did in the Jinx? Sort no. Of. You know what? The Jinx filmmakers, they really... But that little the, admission wait, at wait, the wait, end... Wait, no, but that was a different day. Let me just tell you. Okay, so the beginning interviews in the Jinx when he's wearing that V-neck sweater and that little um, button-down poking out of the V-neck, yeah. that was done over three days in 2010. The end of the film with the bathroom... The bathroom the scene. The bathroom scene, that was done in 2012. Okay, all right. Well, but this, it's all going to come out in the trial, It's all going to come out. All right. Court TV will be covering it, of course. We're also covering another trial right now. Yes. Involving a single father who literally was begging for his life, telling the men who were pointing a gun at him that he's got a little daughter. Please don't kill me. They shot him in the head. Now we've got a death penalty trial. We're going to talk about that next. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. We are also covering on Court TV an extremely tragic and sad, sad case involving a single dad. His name, um, Adam Hillary has a little girl. She was five years old at the time. And he's a single dad. So he, yeah. he goes on a dating app yeah. to meet someone. And, you know, I don't know. I guess dating apps are, are a thing now. And I understand it's a, it's a way for someone who's a single dad, you're kind of busy, to, to meet someone. And uh, so he meets this woman named Haley Rose Bustos. Yeah. And they have sort of a normal date involving bowling. 
But unbeknownst to Mr. Hillary, she was allegedly working in cahoots with three men. This is so who so after, rough. Yeah, after the yeah. date, go back to um, the single dad, Adam Hillary's apartment, bust in there, hold a gun to his head, and then, because they're there to rob him. Yeah. She had ca- allegedly cased the joint out, saw that he had, I don't know, some video games and other stuff, who knows. And they hold a gun to his head. He's begging for his life, shoot and kill him, rob the place. Um, and then afterwards, allegedly, are laughing about the fact that he was begging for his life. This is the worst of the worst and involves the dating app Plenty of Fish, which uh, it's not the only case out there, right? There was just this case in Ohio, uh, a woman, same dating Graham, app. same dating app. So I think it one, it is really exposing the security in these dating apps. And number two, it is just the worst of humanity. It really is. Haley Bustos is really young. These people are really young. And the fact that she orchestrated this entire robbery turned murder and now is expected to testify for the prosecution, it's it's frankly disgusting because to me, she did this. She has his blood on her hands, and now is getting the benefit of a deal. And she may, uh, and there's no deal on the record yet that we've seen. No, and but but here's the thing: you know, it's coming. It's coming. She has no trial date. But what is that deal going to be? I don't know. Oh, I am sure it's going to be something a lot less than Warner, the defendant on trial, one the trigger man is facing, and that's the death penalty. Yeah. Warner's facing the death penalty, and we're, we're back in Florida on another death penalty case, and, and we've seen uh, how difficult it is for prosecutors to get the death penalty these days uh, down in the Sunshine State. Uh, but this is one where, you know, the image is is so clear of what's happening. You know exactly what he's thinking about. And Haley Bustos told investigators about this, that he's he's saying, I'm, I'm a father, I've got a daughter. I've got a little girl. He had a job please. interview later that week. Yeah, Take whatever you want. Yeah. Take whatever you want. Just please spare my life. And they don't. And then they laugh about it. The, the, okay. So number one, just rob him, right? Like put face, ski masks on, do whatever you got to do. Just rob the dude. Like he didn't care anyway. But I think what often happens, and you've seen this, is that robberies turn to murder because everyone is so convinced that they're going to be identified these days. Right. right? Like, right. I mean, you're getting rid of the witness. Exactly. You're getting rid of the witness. Uh, but also it was, it's strange that all four. So we have uh, Ellington is the defendant who was the getaway driver. So he never went in the apartment. So Ellington is in the getaway car. I guess Haley Bustos also remained outside. And then it's Gary Gray who went in with Warner and Warner was the trigger man. Uh, I am confused why prosecutors did not uh, join these four cases together, because I think initially maybe the way they were arrested, everybody was tried separately, but it doesn't make sense. I would 100% want all four of these. Yeah, there's going to be some finger pointing in the other direction. Yeah, uh, that's why. As as an attempt to perhaps save the life uh, of of this defendant. And by the way, this defendant has undergone uh, one of those. Extreme makeover? Yeah, one of those extreme makeovers. All of a sudden, he looks like a, what, an accountant or a clerk? No, I actually thought he was the clerk. It's so funny. I thought he was the clerk of the court because he's sitting in that weird side table. Yeah. And Julia Janae is reporting, and and she keeps talking about him. 
And I was like, why do they keep showing me the clerk of the courtroom? What, what is he? What is happening here? And, you know, Vinny, I know you like to make fun of defense attorneys, so I will own up to something. Defense attorneys always think, put glasses on your client. Make them look smarter. Make them look more credible. So with poor Warner, they said, hey, dude, shave your head. Put some glasses on. Nice, clean button down. And, uh... We'll get you a big NG out of this. Yeah. Well, I was speaking with a defense attorney who will remain nameless. Mm. And uh, they had a client who, again, they did the, the glasses routine. Okay. But he picked out his own glasses and he came back with like these black rim glasses. <laughs> so instead of looking like a murderer, he looked like a child molester. <laughs> and, and they said, get rid of the glasses. Look at your, get rid of those glasses. So, you know, it, it's part of the, uh, of what, of, of the show that's inside a courtroom because, this guy's not going to testify. He's got a long rap sheet. He's not getting on the witness stand, I don't he's think. He's a really bad rap sheet. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the only thing that he's going to present to this jury is what he looks like. So they, um, he looks much, much different. Looks, you know, like a, yeah, like you said, like a clerk, like like anyone. Much different than the mugshot. Much different much than, right. different than the mugshot. Now, fr from my perspective, Haley Bustos is the key to this whole case, how her testimony goes, because in going through the police reports and everything, she's the one that gives all the information, all the inside information on how this whole thing was. And her story is she got paid 50 bucks for this. All this for 50 she, bucks. Uh, okay, first of all, that's horrible. By the way, she sent him but a she... text saying, I had a great time on the date. We have to do it again. Unreal. I don't know what to say. I, you know, it, life isn't the way it was when you and I, you know, used to hang out at DJs at Belmar. Right. Separately, of course. Well, folks. that was the, th but here's the thing. The point is, you just go to a bar, you get drunk, and you meet some guy well, you and make to, out. Yeah. But you don't Except think, you didn't do those things. You don't, you don't, don't drink. Get drunk. No. Well, but, I do to make out. But I remember growing up in the 70s, the scary thing was, the warning was, be careful who you meet at the singles bar. Well, now. The singles bar. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, if you're looking wait, for Mr. Goodbar. Wait, you're, oh, looking for Mr. Goodbar. You know, you remind me of, uh, do you remember Three's Company? So Jack's Jack best Kipper. friend, Larry. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jack because my acting coach in college told me uh, I reminded her a lot of uh, Jack Ritter. Oh, that's a, that's a great compliment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. it was. Well, I was thinking Larry, but go ahead. Yeah. You so, can keep talking. Yeah, I remember Larry was the single guy, right? He would go to all the <laughs> singles parts. But these days, there's dating apps which make it easy, and... But it's so dangerous, right? Because so there's so many scammers on the internet, and this may be one in, in this case. Um, the advice I would give to people is, you know, if you're using the internet to get the date, use the internet to research the person you have the date with. No, or, Find out a little bit also, more about them. But, but and also, go to a public place. Yes, go to a 100%. But, he, but he, listen, these trials, the Graham case in Ohio, this case, all of these dating app murder trials have to send a message to the dating app industry that we need more security. Otherwise you are going to go out of business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not blaming victims here because you, you know, you're trusting you go on a date, you had a good time. You wouldn't expect anything I, like this to happen, yeah. but you've got to keep your, you've got to be aware and, and you've got to be skeptical of everything on the internet, except CoreTV.com, <laughs> which you can go log on to and, and see all these clips. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about, a convicted rapist. Uh-oh. Here we go. I don't call him former movie mogul anymore. I now call him Harvey Weinstein, convicted rapist, next. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials.
Court TV, your front row seat to justice. So right now, this is actually the first time we've been in a room together since Harvey Weinstein has changed his title from movie mogul, star maker, to convicted rapist. He's still a movie mogul. Not anymore. He's still a movie mogul. He's a convicted rapist. He's right up there with uh, comedian Bill Cosby. Yeah. Yeah, no, right? it's, it's it's it is uh, it's sad. All right, so let's it's talk sad. about let's talk about the sentencing first sure. because it seems there's a lot of range here, right? A lot of discretion for my friend Judge Burke. Your friend Judge Burke. So yes, the range is five to twenty nine years in total. So it's five to twenty five on the criminal sexual act in the first degree, which right. is a violent B as in boy felony offense, and then with the other count, the rape. Three, uh, rape in the third degree, it's actually a nonviolent felony. And that range is one and a half to four years okay. because there were separate accusers, separate incidents. They should be consecutive, they not concurrent. They should be consecutive. Calm down. Relax. No free crimes. Just relax. Which no like 30 free seconds crimes. into the segment. Calm down. Bring it down a few notches. Okay. So we've got five to 25 plus the one and a half to four equals five to 29. Okay, so Let, let's talk about let's guess. Well, let's, let's put guess. money on. Let's put money on Judge, how much he's gonna. Judge give Burke up. starts in the middle, and then moves a little bit upwards. I agree. On each one. I can't believe I. I agree. No. Consecutive. Okay, so all together, how much do you think? So what is it? Five to twenty-five. So what's in the middle of that? Fifteen. So I think we're looking at like seventeen years. Everybody, word on the street, like Center Street, right? Ten to fifteen. Oh. That's not that, that. That's middle and then down. He's sixty-seven years old with like five billion health problems, and don't oh, don't no. try to compare oh. your back problems to his, please. Don't start with the chest. Those chest pains remind me of Sanford and Son. Remember, you used to get yeah. the chest pains all the time. That's what happened after the verdict came in. This is the big one. This is the big one. Give me a break. I'm not talking about the that, chest pains. That he is gets, so transparent. He gets injections in his eyeballs. For what? Diabetes? What does he I have? I think glaucoma or something. Glaucoma. He should just smoke pot. Like, yeah, we'll fix it. No, here's, here's, they have health care in prison. Oh, the best. Honestly, I, t- I, I've yeah. told you this. My clients used to organize their arrests around procedures, medical procedures. <laughs> they used to say like, hey, Miss Iyer, can you just not come back for a few weeks so, so what, I can get that tooth fixed? Tell me what it really means in, in New York, though. 10 to 15. Say he gets 10 to 15. Does that mean he serves 10 up to 15 or does Great that question. mean that he serves 10 or he serves a portion of it's 10? It's like it, in state prison, it's seven-eighths. Seven-eighths. Seven-eighths okay. of that time period. That's not so bad. So 10 to 15, you're probably... Okay. You so know, then it'll be, be 77 like, or so yeah. when he gets out okay. if he's not convicted in Los Angeles. Thank you. What's going so, on out there? All right. So in Los Angeles, the prosecutor is saying they completely intend to pursue their charges in Los Angeles, there are two accusers. One, of course, was the Mol- one of the Molino witnesses in the New York case. So they are going forward. They're still uh, investigating their prior bad act witnesses. And uh, as we talked about with Durst, you know, the, the whole California law is much more, what's the word, open, fluid. Uh, you know, they're, they're, it's a free for all. So they can probably get a lot more prior bad act witnesses in California. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I yeah, didn't yeah, realize yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, it was going to yeah. be a cleaner case. No, it's going to be. No. So if they have two, I mean, they really could get five or six. Wow. Maybe maybe even more in California. So 
they're still working on the accusers. They don't have a timeline. It could be, but the LA prosecutors do seem to intend for a trial to occur. But there's always this room for disposition, right? So I think it depends on what Harvey Weinstein gets sentenced to in New York, sentencing schedule for March 11th. And I am actually very surprised that uh, from everyone I've spoken to, all the parties seem to believe that sentencing will actually happen on March 11th. And because, and the as reason- As long as he doesn't have more chest pains. Well, I'm, I think he wants to have the chest pains to keep him in Bellevue as opposed to going to the island. Yeah, exactly. And then at the island, Rikers Island, sorry, the island, uh, like Fantasy Island, no. Not exactly. Not, 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 not quite. Exactly. <laughs> Temptation Island, not that either. <laughs> so, Rikers. Rikers Island. It's Rikers. Oh, Rikers Island is the worst place in the world. Like, can I explain to you, when I would go to Rikers Island, I wouldn't even drink bottled water from a vending machine because I was just, I was convinced I was sitting is in it like an tuberculosis. Is tuberculosis. It a, is it an actual island? Oh, yeah. It's like like it's Alcatraz? Okay, so no, there's like a bridge. Really? It's like a, yeah. And is the only thing on Rikers Island the prison? Or, Correct. Or, or do people have like no, summer like, homes there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be summering on Rikers. <laughs> there's a summer home. There's like a nice little pub. <laughs> right. You know, a cute little none Italian restaurant. No, so there's none like, of that. So What's like, wrong with you? So it's just like Alcatraz. Yeah. It's like New York Alcatraz. Yeah. It's so gross. It's so gross. It's vile. I would not pee for like 12 hours. Between going, visiting, and coming back. I just, it's so gross. Okay. So anyway, what was your question? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have one after that. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, but Weinstein is convicted. Um, here's some, oh, one last question, yeah. right? Because I, I know you, you spoke a lot with the defense team. Yes, sir. A lot of time with them. I know Don Rotuno going in, had this winning streak. Are they considering this a win I, no, no, because defense attorneys are very loose with their definition of what a win is. This is not a win. And when a 67-year-old man is going to be in prison until he's listen, almost 80, that's not a win. Okay, okay, stop shaking your finger at me. I feel sad because they appeared to be uh, really lost. upset. Upset. I, I mean, I call but it a partial lost. victory. No. I don't think it's a partial. I don't think it's a full win for the prosecution. Why are you looking over your shoulder? Who's there? Someone behind you? Why are you? We're in a podcast. No, no. Room. we're talking Who about. We're talking at? about the defense win streak is over. Okay, that was not a win. That it was wasn't a, loss. a complete loss. That was an L. They won on the top counts of life in prison, predatory sexual assault. You see, that's that's why defense attorneys have win streaks, ladies and gentlemen, because they don't know the difference between winning and losing. When the jury comes back and says your client is guilty of first-degree rape, that, ladies and gentlemen, well, is a I loss. I will tell you this. So of the two lead attorneys, Donna Rotuno, Damon Tronis, I think Damon listens to the podcast. So maybe after he listens to this episode... Damon, it's a will, loss. He will text me what he thinks. It's a it's a lo I, I've had this now argument with... Defense attorneys for years. Directly to our listeners. <laughs> no, no. But I've had this argument with defense attorneys for years, especially when I was a prosecutor. They would come back and say, Yeah, I won that case. Really? What was the verdict? Well, they found him guilty wait, wait, of wait, this, wait, this, this, and this. Prosecutors but they didn't do prosecutors do the same thing all the time. Stop it. When prosecutors, especially, are running for office, they'll say they had this record and that record. They do it all the time. So your That was a win for prosecutors. Harvey Weinstein was convicted of first degree rape. I'm sorry, it's a win. It's a win. Okay. So I will concede that the case down in Orange County, Florida, involving Casey Anthony, where she was found guilty of some stupid little charges, uh, that was a win for the defense. Okay. Okay. But okay. That's, 
totally different than this scenario. Well, okay. Defense did an unbelievable job. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. lawyers. But no, I mean, I, I would hire them in a heartbeat. Be violent felony offense conviction. Absolutely. That's All where right. we're at. So, so okay, so um, just so our listeners know and our viewers know, we're going to keep everyone updated on the Harvey Weinstein case, the sentencing, March 11th. Uh, hopefully on uh, the television, we'll do some coverage of yeah. that, I'm by sure. By the way, by the way, you may have Court TV and you don't even know it if you have oh. a digital antenna, right? <gasps> if you have a digital antenna, please rescan it because our signal is popping up across the country in different cities and markets uh, all the time. So if you haven't rescanned your antenna recently, you may be missing out on Court TV. And it's been a few weeks since we told people how to rescan because last week when you, it was just me and you Ted. You didn't tell them? Because I don't know what it is. So I just completely ignored our producer's notes to tell oh. people about rescanning. So thank you, Vincent. Right. Appreciate it. Thank you it. very much. Thanks we'll for talk, listening. We'll talk to you later. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.